What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Jaden, and this is podcast numero uno, number one, talking junk with Jaden. And yes, yes, I'm finally here. First podcast. I've been wanting to do a podcast for a while. My mom came in clutch, got the equipment, and here I am dropping the very first podcast. And on these podcasts, you can expect a plethora of things. Uh, Mainly, though, I want to focus on sports, mainly basketball and football, but I'll touch on other sports as well. And then if there's like a trending topic going around uh, on Twitter or just, you know, in the world, uh, whether that's entertainment, politics, you know, any of that stuff, uh, I'm going to touch on it too. Uh, I'm going to be doing uh, podcasts with other, uh, with guests, special guests as well. So uh, just stay tuned. Uh, Be on the lookout for the favorite content you're looking for, whether that be sports Uh, Whether that be entertainment, whether that be politics, just stay tuned. I'm going to be dropping stuff that that relates to all that stuff. But podcast number one is going to be an overview of the first two weeks in the NFL. I'm going to be talking about teams that have caught my eyes, caught my eye, whether that be good for a good reason or a bad reason. And then I'm going to tell all these Cowboy fans why they should kind of, you know, be hesitant and they they shouldn't get too overhyped about the Cowboys' start just yet. And then I'm gonna finish it with uh, my top ten NFL teams currently through two weeks, and these teams are subject subject to change uh, depending on how they do uh, uh, week to week. So my list for week for the first two weeks for week two could be different next week depending if a team uh, plays well or if a team uh, plays bad. Uh, so, anyways, let's get right on into it. Podcast number one. It's gonna be the overview. Uh, of the first two weeks in the NFL. And the first team I want to talk about is the Carolina Panthers. This team has been struggling. Cam Newton, their starting quarterback. And if you hear something crumbling, that's the paper I'm looking at. Uh, But nonetheless, back to it. Cam Newton, starting QB, 517 yards throwing. He's at a 56% completion percentage, which is a little bit below average. Uh, Most quarterbacks... Uh, league average is around that 60-62% uh, mark. So he's below average with 56%. He's thrown zero touchdowns. He's got one interception. He's been sacked six times. He's got a 71 uh, passer rating. And then this is where it gets bad. He has a 23 QBR. QBR is from a scale of 0 to 100. And it bases uh, your quarterback. It bases uh, how your quarterback performed throughout the game. So it's different situations added together. Is you know completion percentage, his interceptions, all that stuff, all added together, uh, and it's zero to one hundred. You know, obviously you want to be closer to one hundred. And Cam Newton is sitting at twenty three, uh, and it's just not Cam Newton. This this defense, uh, this defense hasn't been good either. Uh, it's only got four sacks. It's only got one interception. It's got no fumbles, and so if your defense is you know allowing allowing opponent opponents to outscore their offense, your offense is going to have to put up points. And the Panthers currently are only putting up 20 points per game. And if your defense is giving up, you know, 25 points per game, uh, your offense is going to need to score more. And the offense starts and ends with Cam Newton. So Cam Newton is going to have to perform better. And quite frankly, he's just not doing that. On third down, the Panthers are 8 for 25. And then on fourth down, they're 0 for 3. So they're they're well below 50% on conversion uh, convert conversion rates on third down and fourth downs. And so they've lost twice already to the Rams and then to the Buccaneers. And then they're coming up schedule. They got to play the Texans. They got to play the Bucks again. They got to play the 49ers. 
the Packers, the Falcons twice, twice, the Saints twice, the Colts, and the Seahawks. So they're already 0-2. They got that tough stretch of schedule still to play. And they got a QB who, through two games, has no touchdowns. He's got a QBR of a 23. And so the team's going to need Cam Newton to step up well because right now the only good player is Christian McCaffrey so far. But how much can you get out of Christian McCaffrey? If you keep rushing him and you keep throwing to him out of the backfield and his usage rate is going up each game, is that going to wear is that going to wear on him? Uh, because Christian McCaffrey has over 100 yards r- rushing already and then and the next rusher has 2 yards. So their second leading rusher on the team has 2 yards. Their quarterback has a 23 QBR. They're only putting up 20 points per game. They're 8 for 25 on third downs, they're 0 for 3 on fourth downs and they still got to play teams like the Falcons twice, Saints, Texans, Seahawks, 49ers. This Panthers team could be in for a rude, rude awakening. And so moving on to another team that is pretty much struggling as well is the Minnesota Vikings. And they're in the same predicament that the Panthers are in. They have a pretty good defense. They're just not getting enough out of their offense. Kirk Cousins, through two games, has 328 yards. He's got a 52% completion percentage. He's got two touchdowns to two interceptions. And now this is where it gets bad. He's got a QBR of a 10.2. And let me remind you, QBR is a quarterback rating from 0 to 100. And Kirk Cousins has a 10. So if he's got a 10, that means that they're str- they're struggling mightily on offense if he's got a 10. Dalvin Cook has been a beast. They just they need to pound the ball, but then they're also going to need to fix the game planning because what's up with Stephon Diggs? Stephon Diggs only has three catches on the year. Three catches. The team combined has 22 catches. Kirk Cousins averaging a low 7.8 yards per throw. He's got a 52% completion percentage, and then he's got a QBR of a 10. So outside of Dalvin Cook, this offense for the Minnesota Vikings has been terrible. They're 9 for 23 on third downs, and they're, 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 they're giving up 100 yards a game just in penalties. So you got a, you got a horrible QB that's not getting the ball in the end zone. He's not completing at a high percentage. He's not throwing. He's not throwing the ball down the field. He's not converting on third down, and you got a hundred yards of penalties on top of that. That's just not going to be a good form formula for winning. And their defense has been good. It's got six sacks. It's got two interceptions. It's got three fumble recoveries. Dalvin Cook's been a beast, rushing for over a hundred yards in both games. Kirk Cousins is where this team needs needs improvement from. If Kirk Cousins can improve, this team can go somewhere. But they got a tough schedule coming up. They got to play the Bears twice. They have a good defense. They got to play the Eagles. They got to play the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, the Cowboys with Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott, Amari Cooper. They got to play the Seahawks, the Chargers, and the Packers. And so Kirk Cousins is going to need to step his game up for this team to go anywhere. Because right now, sitting at one on one and the struggling play of Kirk Cousins, this team looks like it could be in for a long, long season. But then moving on to some bright, uh, some more brighter spots in the NFL season so far, I'm really been impressed with the 49ers. Jimmy G, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was letting the game come to him. He looked good this past weekend against the Bengals. He had three touchdowns, uh, and their defense has been really impressive. Drafting Nick Boza, signing guys like Quan Alexander, trading for guys like D Ford to go along with players that were already there like 
uh, Arik Armstead, DeForest Buckner, Solomon Thompson, Richard Sherman. This defense has looked good. Jimmy Garoppolo has looked good, and they're sitting at 2-0, and I've been really impressive. Another 2-0 team is the Bills, and it might it might catch some, some people by surprise, but their defense is good. They drafted Ed Oliver. They have veteran players like Lorenzo Alexander. They got a stud in the secondary like uh, Tredavious White. They got players like Micah Hyde. So this defense is no joke. It's really good. And if Josh Allen can just uh, move this offense down the field and not have many turnovers and interceptions or fumbles, and he can punch the ball in the end zone with John Brown, Cole Beasley, and Devil Singletary, Devin Singletary and Frank Gore, this team could be very competitive week in and week out. And so at 2-0, they really surprised me. And another team that really surprised me is that teams are going to have to really start taking it seriously is the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson has looked like a stud. He's looked like a stud. And he's proven people wrong in that he can throw. He can run. We know that. And he can throw. The way he's completing the ball to Marquise Brown, uh, Mark Andrews, Miles Boykin, Willie Sneed, he, he, it's been very impressive. Uh, and their defense has looked really good, too. Uh, with players like Earl Thomas on it, uh, Marlon Humphrey, Brandon Carr, Jimmy Smith. This this team has this team has looked good. Defense, offense, it's looked good. Can they keep it going? And that's going to be the main question. Can Lamar Jackson keep this style of play up? Can he continue to throw for 250 yards a game and have over 120 yards rushing? Because he was the first quarterback in 100 years to do that in a, in a regular season game. Colin Kaepernick did it in the playoffs. Lamar Jackson first guy to do it in the regular season so can can he keep producing like that and lead this Ravens team you know far into the season and so getting into some teams that are middle of the pack these one-on-one teams uh the Texans uh so Monday night week one against the Saints they looked really good Deshaun Watson was getting the ball to DeAndre Hopkins Will Fuller uh, Kenny Stills, you know, it looked it looked good. Duke Johnson, Carlos Hyde, it looked good. But their main problem is can they keep Deshaun Deshaun Watson healthy? He's been sacked ten times already. If he's going to get sacked five times a game for the rest of the season, he will not last. His body will not last, and this Texans team will only go as far as Deshaun Watson takes them. So they can just fix the offensive line. They traded for Laramie Tunsil. They re-signed their center Nick Martin. If this offensive line can just continue to grow game in and game out, this Texans team can go far. But that's the number one concern is this, can they keep Deshaun Watson upright? And so moving on to another one-on-one team, the uh, Chargers. Chargers, they're they're streaky. They're up and they're down. And then they're in the middle of the pack. They're up, they're down, middle of the pack. And week one, they were up. They beat the Colts. Uh, Phillip Rivers looked good. He had 300. 39 yards, three touchdowns. Austin Eckler looked good. Keenan Allen looked good. And then week two against the Lions, they didn't show up. Phillip Rivers had no touchdowns. He had an interception. Keenan Allen was nowhere to be found. Mike Williams is banged up. So this Chargers team, one, the injuries have hurt them already. They lost Hunter Henry for about four to six weeks. They lost Derwin James till about November. And then they lost Derwin James' backup for the whole year. So this team's going to get healthy and if they can get healthy, get some player key players back and they can go on a sh- go on a go on a hot streak. This team could be really good cuz Philip Rivers is a beast. You know what he's going to do. He's going to fight for his team. He's going to throw the ball 
uh, he's gonna get it to Keenan Allen. He's gonna get it to Mike uh, Mike Williams, Travis Benjamin, and he's gonna dump it down to Austin Eckler, who's been a beast. So if they can continue to you know spread the ball evenly through Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, and then also run the ball with Justin Jackson and Austin Eckler, have a good balance attack, and they get some key players back. This team could be uh, really dangerous. And then another team battling injuries is the Saints. Big one of the biggest blows, early blows to the season is Drew Brees. Uh, we don't know how long he's going to be out. Could be as early as four weeks. Could be as long as eight weeks. Could be six weeks. We just don't know. Uh, torn ligament in his thumb. So he got surgery on Wednesday. Uh, and so if if he if he can get back healthy around that five to six week mark, and this team can go five hundred and the games without them, uh, then this team could still salvage your season and be really good. I really like the Saints. I like Alvin Kamara. I like Michael Thomas. And they always seem to, you know, find these receivers like a Traquan Smith and, and guys like that who you've never heard of before, but in their in that system they produce. They got Jared Cook. They got Latavius Murray to back up Alvin Kamara. And they got some good players on defense like Cameron Jordan, uh, Marshawn Lattimore, Vaughn Bell. And so if they can just get, you know, Sheldon Rankins healthy and then get Drew Brees healthy, this team could be uh, could be really good. And so that's just the biggest blow is can they go 500 with Drew Brees out? How, like what will they do when Drew Brees is out? Because they got to play the Seahawks, the Cowboys, the Bucks, the Jags, and the Bears. So if they can split those games, go 3 and 2, 2, you know, you know, 3 and 2 or, you know, 2 and 3, you know, they can just be competitive and they can win a couple games when he's out. Drew Brees comes back, saves this season. They can go on to the playoffs. But if they go one and and four in their next in their next five games, then that's where it gets really ugly because Drew Brees is going to have to dig the Saints team out of the hole. So I do think that they got good pieces still. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, he's a game manager. He he really won't throw, uh, turn the ball over, and whatever they decide to do with Taysom Hill, so they can just you know. Be conservative, run the ball, pick their spots where they want to hit a Michael Thomas or or Jared Cook, uh, and they can win these games. Then you know when Drew Brees gets back, they'll be really competitive. And so another team that I want to talk about real quick before we move on to the Cowboys is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Another one of the er- worst early season blows is the loss of Ben Roethlisberger for the rest of the year. For the rest of the year, it's not like it's Drew Brees and he's coming back. Ben Roethlisberger is done for the rest of the year. They're already 0-2, so do they have any chance? James Conner's a little banged up. Uh, Juju Smith is a little bit banged up with a toe injury. And so, can Mason Rudolph come in? Can he feed the ball to Juju Smith, who's been in in somewhat of a slump? He's you know he's got no touchdowns yet. Uh, feed the ball to James Conner and Jalen Samuels, and you know get involved with. The get Jason uh, James Washington involved. This Steelers team can you know salvage somewhat of this season, and you know look to you know right some wrongs and pick up some wins, and then maybe in a couple weeks you know they're six and they're six and six. You know they're five and three. You know five and four. You, you just never know. Mason Rudolph looked good against the Seahawks. He had two touchdowns. He had an interception, but it wasn't his fault. Dante Moncrief dropped the pass. He tipped it. Got picked. So if they can just have a balance attack with running the ball with James Conner and Jalen Samuels and then get Juju Smith and James Washington and Vance McDonald involved in the passing game 
and then had their defense step up. They just traded for Minka Fitzpatrick to go along. Now they got TJ Watt, they got Bud Dupree, Cameron Hayward, Devin Bush, Joe Hayden. They can get all these guys to produce, and they can be cohesive and, and mesh and work well together. This Steelers team is still pretty good. They got good pieces all around the team. No distractions anymore with Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. They can just be cohesive and mesh. This team could right some wrongs and in a couple weeks be one, an underdog team that's competitive and gives a tough matchup to every team and pulls out some close wins. And so moving on now to the team that everybody wants to talk about, that I hate talking to talking about, and that's because I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan. I bleed Philadelphia through and through. Eagles, Sixers, Phillies, Flyers, Philadelphia Soul, the Philadelphia Union. I'm a Philadelphian at heart through and through, so I can't stand talking about the Cowboys. But I do have to admit that the Cowboys do look good. Against the Giants, you know, they looked good. Dak Prescott looked good. Ezekiel Elliott looked good for missing all training camp. Amari Cooper looked good. Ronald Cobb looked good. Defense looked all right. And then against the Redskins, same thing. Dak looks good. They got people like Devin Smith producing. Amari Cooper had a touchdown. Jason Witten had a touchdown. Defense looked all right. So I can admit that they look good. But at the same time, we're going to have to pump the brakes here. They played the Giants and the Redskins. The Giants traded and lost all all their good defensive players. They traded all... Uh, Olivier Vernon, they they traded Damon, Dar- Damian Harrison, they lost Landon Collins in free agency. So, like, th- that's not an impressive defense that they put those numbers up against. The Redskins, they're banged up. Jonathan Allen didn't play. Josh Norman's a shell of himself. Dominique Rogers-Cromartie is past his prime. They have Landon Collins, but at the same time, what can one player do when there's 10 other players? So Dak looks good. He's got 674 yards. He's got he's got an 82% completion percentage. He's got seven touchdowns to one interception. He's only been sacked once, and he's got a QBR of a 96. What more could you ask? But my thing is, though, can this team put up these numbers against better competition? Because they got the Packers soon with Aaron Rodgers. They got to play the Eagles twice with Carson Wentz. They got to play a very good Vikings defense. Kirk Cousins might be bad, but the Vikings defense is better than the Giants and the Redskins. And they got to play a Patriot, a Patriots team with Tom Brady, Antonio Brown, Josh Gordon, Philip Dorsett, Julian Edelman, James White, Sony Michelle, Stephen Gilmore in defense, Jamie Collins, the McCourtney brothers. Like that's a good team. They got to play the Bills that are two zero. They got a good defense. The Bears got Khalil Mack, Eddie Goldman, Leonard Floyd. Can they do that against the Bears? Can they do it against the Rams, who they got to play later on in the year with Jared Goff, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Todd Gurley, Malcolm Brown? They got Clay Matthews, Eric Weddle, Aaron Donald, can Marcus Peters, Akib Talib. Can they do that against these teams that are much better than the Giants and Redskins? And Zeke already has 36 carries through two games. You know, at some point Zeke is going to be run into the ground. You you can't you can't fight that. Running backs who consistently get close to 300 carries a game uh, a year, they get 50 plus receptions. Their body wears down. They just do. Adrian Peterson, he's worn down. He had 10 rushes for 25 yards. That's horrible. LaShawn McCoy got cut from from the Bills because they didn't want to pay him the money that he got from a previous contract because he just wasn't good anymore. 
Can the receivers continue to play? Amari Cooper's been the most inconsistent receiver since he stepped foot into the league. That's why the Raiders got rid of him. He wasn't producing. Michael Gallup's already hurt. Can he get healthy and produce like he was doing before he got hurt? Randall Cobb, he's been inconsistent. That's why the Packers got rid of him. If he, if he was so good and producing, the Packers would have got rid of him. But he's been so inconsistent. Amari Cooper's been so inconsistent before. Jason Witten can only block for so long, he turns red and he's got to take a breather. So the Cowboys have looked impressive, but can they do it against a tougher opponent like the Packers, the Eagles, the Vikings, Patriots, Bills, Bears, and Rams? If they can do that, and they can beat these teams, then they might win a Super Bowl. But then again, the Cowboys haven't sniffed a Super Bowl since the 90s. Since I've been alive, I'm 19 years old, since I've been alive, the Cowboys have three playoff wins. My Philadelphia Eagles have four playoff wins in the last two years. So can the Cowboys do this? Can, can, they, can they take this play that they've shown from two games and display it throughout a 16-game season? If they can do that, get home field advantage through the playoffs or a top-two seed, we could very much be talking about the Cowboys in the playoffs. But I'm going to need to see that against these tougher teams that aren't the Giants or the Redskins because their defense gave up 306 yards to Eli Manning in a touchdown. They gave up 120 yards to Saquon. And they gave up 220 yards to Case Keenum, and he threw a pair of touchdowns. And they only have two sacks so far. So if their defense can, you know, get some get some more turnovers, more sacks, and, and play good, hard-nosed defense like they played towards the end of last season... They can do that, and their offense can keep producing. They can be really good, but I'm going to need to see it against better teams that are not the Giants or the Redskins. So, moving on, with all that being said, uh, now we're going to get into the final segment of the podcast, which is the top 10 teams, uh, my, in my opinion, of the first two weeks after week two of the NFL. And so, starting at number 10, of course, I'm going to start it off with, with a tie. Of course, that's just how I am. Do the do the unordinary, the unordinary, but I got a tie between the Atlanta Falcons and the New Orleans Saints. The Falcons on on Sunday night against the Eagles, they looked good. Yes, Matt Ryan had some interceptions, but at the end of the day, he made the play that counted. He got the ball to Julio Jones. Calvin Ridley looked really good. They still have Mohamed Sanu. They still have Austin Hooper, who's reliable, and they got Desmond Trufant, Vic Beasley, Deion Jones, Keanu Neal, Robert. Uh, 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 Ricardo Allen, like this team, if they put it all together, can be really good. And on Sunday night, they showed me that, and that's why I got them at number ten. I got the Saints at number ten. They'd be higher, but Drew Drew Brees is hurt, and they got Alex Alonzo's hurt. Sheldon Rankins is hurt. So this Saints team's kind of banged up everywhere, and I just don't think they're as good with Teddy Bridgewater, just because Teddy Bridgewater doesn't really push the ball down the field. He's more viewed as a game manager. So that's why I got him at ten. Number nine. They're at the Seahawks. This offense looks good when, when they find the balance they're looking for. If they're 60% running, 40% throwing, this team is really good. Russell Wilson spread the balls, ball around to Tyler Lockett, Will Disley, DK Metcalf, who's looked good, and they run the ball with Rashad Penny and uh, Chris Carson. This team is really good. Defense, solid. Traded for Jadavion Clowney. They got people like Shakreem, uh, Shakreem Griffin, Shaquille Griffin, Bobby Wagner, K.J. Wright. So this team is pretty good all around, and that's why they're at number 9 after their pretty good win against a tough Pittsburgh Steelers team. 
Number eight, 49ers. Really like what they've done so far. Really like what they did in the offseason, getting D Ford, signing Kwan Alexander, drafting Nick Boza to go along with that defense line that already had DeForest Bruckner, Eric Armstead, Solomon Thompson, have Richard Sherman. And then Jimmy Garoppolo's got a plethora of weapons from Matt Breida, Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman when he gets back. He's got George Kittle. He's got Marquise Goodwin, Debo Samuel. So I like this 49ers team. Number seven, Baltimore Ravens. Two-way machine. Lamar Jackson looks good. Mark Ingram looks good. Hollywood Brown looks good. Mark Andrews looks good. Defense looks good with Earl Thomas leading it now. So I really like what the Baltimore Ravens have done. But then again, they have played the Dolphins. They have played the Cardinals. So can they do that against a tougher, uh, tougher teams? But other than that, they look really good. I got them at seven. Number six, I got my Philadelphia Eagles, and they've showed in both games that if they can put things together, even with sub-average players, they can be really good. Week one, slow start against the Redskins, but boy, when that second half started, Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, they got Zach Ertz, Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard, they still got Darren Sproles who can produce, and so this team... On offense can be good, and then defense is a little banged up right now, but if they can get these players healthy like Fletcher Cox, Derek Barnett, they got Brandon Graham, Ronald Darby if he gets healthy, Malcolm Jenkins, Rodney McLeod, you know, if they can put all this together, they can be really good, and the two halves they showed me, that's why I got them at six, because they looked really dangerous against the Redskins in the second half, and then even without Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey in that Falcons game in the second half, They still looked really good. They went from a deficit, and they took the lead in the fourth quarter and ultimately would have won the ball if Nelson Aguilar, or won the game if Nelson Aguilar would have caught the football that was perfectly placed, and he didn't. So I got them at number six. Number five, I got the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, they're going to have to do it against better opponents, but still, you, you you can't knock what they've done. And they've looked really good. Dak Prescott looks good. He deserves his money. Now, in my opinion, he doesn't deserve to be the top, even a top five paid QB, but he deserves his money. So they've looked really good. Can't, can't knock it. I got him at number five. Number four, I got the Rams. Defense looks good with, you know, new players like Clay, uh, Clay Matthews, Eric Weddle, meshing with Marcus Peters, Akeem Tlaib, Aaron Donald, uh, uh, Michael Brockers. They, they look really good. Offense is really good. Jared Goff, Gurley, C- Cooper Cup. Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, they looked really good. So that's why I have them at number four. Number three, I got the Green Bay Packers. I'll tell you what, I haven't, I didn't touch, I haven't talked about them all episode. But, but they look good. Defense, what they've done in the offseason, really paying off so far. Adrian Amos, Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith, drafting Rashawn Gary, Donnell Savage. They got Kevin King, Jair Alexander. Defense looks really good. They're going to win them a lot of ball games, and that's just going to leave it up for the for one of the best QBs of all time, Aaron Rodgers, to just put points on the board. And he can do that. He's got Devontae Adams. he got Jimmy Graham. got Aaron Jones. So I got them at number three. This Packers team is pretty loaded. Not as loaded as the number, number two team, which is the Kansas City Chiefs. They got weapons everywhere. Tyreek Hill's out, and they replace him like it's nothing. Duncan Robinson comes in there. Uh, he looks good. McCole Hardman looks good. Sammy Watkins looks good. They got Travis Kelsey. They got LaShawn McCoy and Damian Williams. Defense is going to get better with the additions uh, like Tyron Matthew and D Ford that go along with players like Chris Jones. So this this Chiefs team looks really good, and, and they're loaded. But they're not as loaded as the number one team 
the New England Patriots. I mean, what what do you do, man? They had they they took the they took the greatest QB of all time and gave him one of the best receivers of all time. He's got Antonio Brown, he's got Josh Gordon still, Philip Dorsett, Julian Edelman, he's got James White, Sony Michelle in the backfield, and the defense looks good. They got Stephon Gilmore, the McCourtney brothers, Jamie Collins is back, Dante Hightower is still there, Kyle Van Noy. So this Patriots team is loaded. And they're putting points on the board left and right. They've put up 76 points, and they've only allowed three. So that's why they're number one. Like, if you're only allowing three points and you're putting up 76 points, yes, one of those games is against the Dolphins. Still, it's impressive. So top 10 teams, there it are. 10 to 1. Falcons and Saints tied at 10. Seahawks at 9. 49ers at 8. Ravens at 7. Eagles at 6, Cowboys at 5, Rams at 4, Packers at 3, Chiefs at 2, Patriots at 1. And speaking of 1, it's been the very uh it's been the very first podcast numero uno of my podcast that I'm putting out talking junk with Jaden. And so yeah, that's been, you know, an overview of the first 2 weeks in the NFL. I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh be on the lookout for other uh other content coming out, football related, basketball related, you know, social media related, even entertainment, politics, just, just be on the lookout for all that stuff. But nonetheless, thank you for tuning in. It's been podcast episode number one, and this is talking junk with your host, Jaden Dixon.